and gentlemen. Welcome aboard. It is 6.56 p.m. on this Wednesday. What? Thursday. Thursday the 4th. Thursday the 4th day. And I just want to, to thank you all for being here tonight. As you are every night. You know, we've been, we've been having a good time this summer. Though the summer itself has been... I don't know. It's been a tug. It's been a real weight on the heart. I've shared a lot of a lot of things with you guys and gals about what's what um, what's been transpiring, at least in part, in my personal life. And much of your prayers has been uh, welcome, very welcome, warmly warmly taken in. And uh, thank you for everything. Uh, I there's just uh, things are not getting any better though. In the grand scheme of things, and these are all, you know, life. It sends you. It sends you. It's ruthless. As beautiful and precious as it is, it's ruthless. And yeah, there are lessons buried in everything. And um, I don't know. I'm just trying to trying to keep myself constructive and and strong for everybody, including myself. So thank you, everybody, for your your prayers. Keep them coming in. My stepfather needs it. He needs it. And I'm glad that we got the, the the moments of clarity that we got after the last crisis a few weeks ago. But uh, things aren't looking good. I, I With that, I'm happy that I have the guest I have on tonight. I'm very happy to have Polly St. George on with me tonight, the amazing Polly. Because I think that her strong suits, even though she is a great researcher and she has a, a very keen eye for spotting patterns... Spotting media patterns and corporate patterns and all that stuff. And she has garnered a very loyal fan base because of her work. But I think that the real charm and the real power that she has is in her ability to just be real and emote and to talk about life. I've told her before on and off the air, I think the best bits that she ever did were the ones where she she drew content from the audience, you know, moments in life that are relatable and, I don't know, little things like that. Things that I try to dedicate our show over here to a lot more. Because there is a certain, I don't know, there's a, certain, a rising level of repulsion that I have for the news. Rising level of repulsion. I'm repulsed. Revolting, I should say that. Revulsion. Revolting news. And tonight, yeah, we'll touch a little bit on that, but I want to open that, I want to open the door into the fight for the future and who we are and, and the things that, that make us who we are, and, and that's what Polly is going to be on with us for, primarily. To shine. To let the inside shine. And you know what? We did a little bit of a, we did a little bit of a test before we came on the air. And she is going to actually be jumping on with video. So you're going to see her moving live. The last couple of times she's been on, it's just been a very nice headshot, of course. But um, she's going to be on with us live. And that'll be a fun thing. Uh, I have a few other announcements to make. First of all, I want to thank my sponsor, SecretNatureCBD.com. I wish I could smoke a whole pack tonight, but I don't have anything around me. 
SecretNatureCBD.com. So high in CBD, low in THC. It is legal in 50 states. You don't have to worry about anything. The shipping, the owning, the consuming, all of that stuff. And it doesn't have to be smoked. You can be, uh, you can be dabbed. It could be uh, dripped. However you like it. It is a remedy, a tincture from nature. And the wonderful staff over there at Secret Nature CBD has spent 20 years cultivating only the finest, cleanest, most organic products that you can get out of a cannabis plant. So go check them out. Use promo code FRANKLY. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to do the deer scene. Tomorrow, we're going to do the deer scene. And perhaps I can actually prep us for tomorrow with Polly. I can ask her about her deer scene. If this is your first time watching the show in the month of August, and you probably don't know what I'm talking about, but you will, don't you worry. The only problem I have to bring up right now related to the deer scene and everything else that we do sourced with the audience is um, a little update with our Reddit. The quite frankly subreddit has been destroyed. It's gone. So, um, and uh, for what, it's been labeled a hate group. Every thread I have ever created, I have worked on over the years, human interest threads, things that talk about us as people and everything else, everything, all of the book club threads, gone. Because a, uh, a whiny group of mentally disabled freaks on a subreddit called Against Hate Subreddits, uh, they did their little wrap-up smear just a couple of hours ago. Here's their wrap-up smear. I'll show it to you right now. Quite frankly, banned has been banned from Reddit. This community has been banned for violating Reddit's rules against promoting hate. So what happens is a, a couple of their edgelords probably came into our open group and posted a bunch of shit and then reported themselves. Because this show... So what, what, what are we going to do? I'm going to find a place. I have a couple of suggestions already that are comparable to Reddit where we can build our threads again and source from the audience thoughts and responses that could be turned into original show themes. That's really what it is. But these uh, the mentally disabled libs out there who think that they're fighting a war and winning a war, that's what they've done. So we were just 18,000 subs. We had 21 submissions to tomorrow night's show's topic. Now, I have been able to scrap together maybe three or four of the ones that I added myself from my... I had some saved from last year that we didn't do that I added into this year. I still have a few of those, but if I just want to put the call out there. If you submitted anything for tomorrow's Dear Scene, please, please put together the, the, the most concise retelling that you can do and send it to me to quite frankly podcast at gmail.com. Sorry for this. This is the world we live in. This is the world we live in, and uh, we've been cast as the villains, I guess. So whatever. Okay. All right. Next week, next week we got great guests coming on, and we'll see where life takes us after that. So um, here's a, a headline for you. The U.S. State Department issues a worldwide caution to American citizens. A worldwide caution to American citizens. Uh, following the killing of Al-Qaeda leader, here we go, Ayman al-Zahariri. The twice-dead man. 
The Department of State remains concerned about the con- continued threat of terrorist attacks, demonstrations, and other violent actions against the U.S. Citizens and interests overseas, the Department of State believes there's a higher potential for anti-American violence given the death of Ayman al-Zawahiri. Current information suggests that terrorists... So, guys, do not go to Morocco. Whatever you do, if you're thinking about going to Morocco or somewhere else in the Middle East, just take a rain check. Speaking of the Middle East, here is a um, here's a terrible sight. Dick Cheney. Look at that old war criminal bastard. He's a coward, says Dick Cheney, eviscerating Trump as the greatest threat ever to our republic in a new ad for his daughter, Liz Cheney. Can you imagine the balls on this family? Donald Trump is the greatest threat ever to our republic, says Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney. Oh, my God, there's no shame. And the fact that Mediaite and and leftists out there are taking this and pushing it around and saying, yeah, old war criminal is dunking on a man who never started a war. Yeah, fuck you, Trump. Got you now. Just pathetic. Just pathetic. Um, I have to give credit to Mike Lindell for owning owning his past and just being himself unabashed, unabashedly himself. Here's, I don't know who he's with, but it was streamed by Right Side Broadcast Network, and he was out at some some event. Do I see where it is? Some event here. I saw Jack Posobiec tweeted, tweeted this about 15 seconds long, and I don't know who he's being interviewed by or with, but listen, listen to what he said about political activation about being politically aware and and the process of waking up and what you used to concern yourself with based on what we are all now primarily focused on as a nation or individuals. Listen to this. You know, in, in politics and over, you know, the last 10, 20, 30 years, no one cared. No one paid attention. No one was looking at what they were I doing. I certainly didn't. I was on crack. <laughs> right. Right. Well, but That's you, a good excuse. I can't really use that excuse myself, but, you know. There you go. Mike Lindell, he wasn't paying attention. He was on crack. I love that. Just owning it is a part of your past. It's uh, something that he talks. I mean, listen, it's it's okay to have have dark times. It's okay to have faults. It's okay to to do and be caught up in some really murky shit. As long as you can use it as a contrast for what you became afterwards and. He's very proud of what he became. And he's a good guy. I think I think at times he's shown himself to be a little naive and putting the cart before the horse and, and all that stuff. But I, I have never gotten anything but good vibes off of Mike Lindell. I really, I really haven't. And I, I always wish him well. But then again, he's got the pillows and he's got the My Coffee now. So he's doing fine. Why the hell is my Siri on? What the hell did I say? So, anyway, anyway, okay, so where are we going now? Where are we going? Oh, here's a little something that made me feel better, at least for a moment. At least for a moment. Here is a little green text 
a little green text from a couple of years ago on 4chan that got circulated again, and uh, I just love this. It's a, a situation situation where a, I don't know, a fat person found themselves in and uh, was very embarrassing at a pizzeria. Listen to this, okay? So, Anon, on October 27, 2019, oh, what I would do to spend a week in October of 2019... Oh, the people I would warn, the things that I would do. I'm in that phase right now. I'm in that phase. You know, you ever get caught in that? You play the time travel game and it's all for the wrong reasons? For things that you're beating yourself up? Well, that's what I'm doing. Here you go, from 4chan. Anon says, go to eat at a local pizza place. Eat an entire, an entire large pepperoni pizza. Still hungry. That in itself is pathetic. How can you eat an entire large pepperoni pizza to yourself and still be hungry? But Anon is still hungry, too embarrassed to order more because the cutie cashier will think I'm a fucking fat ass. I pretend, I pretend, I pretend to get a call from a friend. I stage an entire three minute conversation. I end the call asking him if he wants anything from the pizza place. Order another pizza to go to my quote-unquote friend. Proceed to devour <laughs> proceed to devour the pizza in my car. The cashier walks up to my car with my backpack that he had left inside of the pizza place. Sees that, I, sees that I'm halfway done with my friend's pizza. You forgot your backpack, she says. I smile and nod with my mouth full. She fucking giggles and walks away. I've never been this embarrassed in my life. I can never go back there. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> I agree. You cannot go back there. Don't go back. <laughs> Don't go back. <laughs> start, and start intermittent fasting. I know, that's like my veganism. But not quite, because you can, you can eat literally anything when you fast. Um, well, there you go. <laughs> Don't go back, my friend. It's been a couple of years. I hope he's doing well. All right, 710. What else do I have? Anything for the grab bag? Nah. Nah, I don't. Well, I told Polly to jump on sometime early, just after 715, so let's get started. On the other side of the intro, I have one thing that I'd like to read a little bit of before we go into our discussion, which I hope just traverses the universe and leaves all this crap behind for a little while. Um, and I hope you enjoy yourself. So don't go anywhere. It's great to have you here. And uh, happy, happy Thursday. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride!
this one takes a long time to start. You'll hear it. See, it's coming. I should have planned this a long time ago. Nightmares on Wax. Passion. Nice. Another good summer track. Another good summer track. Sticky Hot Night. time through. Where's it going? get that feeling in the winter. Nope. Only the summertime you can have that feeling. That's a sweaty song. Okay. So, welcome to the show. You know how you can contribute. Uh, if we have time for uh, calls at the end, which I do not think we will have because I have to get off a little bit early to meet with the band in the other room to put together a set list for a uh, show that we got asked to do. And now, here we are with our backs against the wall, rushing to throw something together. And still, instead of having a leisurely time working on something, a new song, having a couple of months to prepare for a show and do something special, no, it's always, hey, you guys want to do a show next week? I know you haven't played together in three months, but uh, what do you think? Okay, sure. But, um, hell. Anyway... Quite frankly, superchat.com is probably the best way to get through to me tonight. So just letting you know, letting you know, letting you know. And now on to our story du jour. Though this was released a couple days ago. News Punch broke down a, uh, a series of info infographics that the UN and UNESCO put out about the dangers of conspiracy theories. The world is not secretly manipulated by the global elite, they say. Come on, stop. The United Nations has declared war on conspiracy theories, describing the rise of conspiracy thinking as worrying and dangerous, and providing the public with a toolkit to pre-bunk and debunk anybody who tries to suggest that the world governments are anything but completely honest, upstanding, and transparent. Which is just so laughable. So laughable. The UN also warns that George Soros, the Rothschilds, and the state of Israel must, but must not be linked to any alleged conspiracies. So listen to this. Uh, the UN wants you to know that events are not secretly manipulated behind the scenes by powerful forces with negative intent, and if you encounter anybody who thinks the global elite are conspiring to consolidate power and dictate global events, you must take action. According to UNESCO, if you are certain you have encountered a conspiracy theory on the internet, then you must react immediately. Post a relevant link to fact-checking websites in the comments, and I guess the best thing you can do, because you, as you know, the fact-checkers we can all be very, very trusting of. In a court records, 
the uh, Facebook has admitted that fact-checking is just opinion. And we've also learned that Facebook has started contracting with CIA operatives to do the fact-checking for them. So you want to talk about the new iterations of Operation Mockingbird and all that stuff and how it's evolved to, to, to more publicly and proudly take control of how people interact and with or on social media. It's right there. Here, listen to this. Listen to this. Here is one of the infographics. Conspiracy theories, what are they? Why do they flourish? Be warned, the COVID-19 pandemic has seen a rise in harmful and misleading conspiracy theories. It may be difficult to recognize them or know how best to deal with them. It's like it's the spotted fly or something like that. What are they? Conspiracy theories are a belief that events are secretly manipulated behind the scenes by powerful forces with negative intent. Well, it's not negative for them. Conspiracy theories have these six things in common. An alleged secret plot, a group of conspirators. Number three is evidence that seems to support the conspiracy theory, like when they come out and say, when they come out and say it, and you just take it as not a good thing, even though they say it, it is a good thing. So I, have, I guess having a difference, having differences of opinions on what has been publicly declared is dangerous because I don't know the public declaration is not evidence number five they divide the world into good or bad well so do they and they scapegoat people and groups well that's that's all they do that's all leftist statists global statists do good bad and scapegoat people for holding up progress or being oppressors or whatever the hell it is. That's all they do. Why do they flourish? They offer an explanation of events or situations which are difficult to understand and bring a false sense of control and agency. This needs, uh, this is heightened in the times of uncertainty like the COVID-19 pandemic. So it's an explanation that's hard to understand. Now what's hard to understand are the, the, the narratives, the official narratives, those are very hard to understand. A lot of holes in there. If you ask too many questions, they start saying, I don't like where this is going. Like, you remember when we were watching that one banner clip from What is a Woman that Matt Walsh put together? That's what it's called, right? What is a Woman? Um, we were watching that banner clip from Matt Walsh, What is a Woman? And after a couple of lines, a couple of questions of these social engineer oh, professors at the college, they simply just start running out of script. They run out of lines, they run out of rebuttals, they get a little rebuttal booklet and they get their script from on high, and they, they just start saying, I don't like where this is going, and you have 30 seconds to change course, or I'm going to leave, this is something phobic, you're something douchebag, and blah, blah, blah. So it's just, just I don't know. You know what, I, I want to talk... I want to talk to my friend Polly, and I want to see if she's ready for some stuff. I think that she's been waiting in the, uh, the, the, the green room over here. Let me see if she's there. Polly, do you hear me? I hear you. Oh, wunderbar. It's great to see you. And you as 
Well, thank you so much for inviting me on again. Oh, listen, you know what? It's it's all too, uh, it, it always takes too long for us to do this. And I'll tell you something. Today, Polly, I was looking around on Twitter, and some people had say, uh, shared a screenshot, I think, of, I think the last time you were on. And I looked at myself in the screenshot, and I realized that I was wearing today the very same shirt that I was wearing then. So I said, I better change this, because <laughs> this is this is pathetic. I have this. I have the same five. <laughs> well, do you notice what shirt I have on? Quite frank. Oh my Quite gosh! Frankly, I'm just I noticing that. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Do you have any amazing Polly merch? <laughs> no. No. I've stayed away from it because of tax things and the Canadian government and the postal service. And I used to have a business actually that um, sold baby uh, onesies plus prints of art, mm-hmm. and it was just got to be such a nightmare uh, at the end that I've stayed away from merch for this, but kudos to anyone who can pull it off, I say. Well, let me ask you this, because you, you bring up Canada, and um, you know, we're, we're down here, and I, I know American culture better than anywhere else, and I'm sure you know Canada better than anywhere else, else too. Are there any sane regions in Canada? Like, let's say you live near Toronto or any other big cities that are very very progressive and you wanted to get out are there any sane regions and here in the u.s we know where to go if you want to escape certain types of tyranny by a breakdown of red and blue states but in canada where would you flee in the country to have a little bit better time living freely that's a hard one and canada is so big and has so few highways and air travel is so so expensive here that it's hard to just go and investigate these things you know on a whim so uh if, if this is one of the most popular topics of conversation in canada actually is like where are you at how is it where you are can do you think we could make a go of it there you know everyone's trying to find that place to be honest frank and i kind of had a uh, well, I've had some good vibes from people up in the north. You know, the further north you go, the more you get left alone, the more conservative it is, and mm. the more people are into just living in harmony with the land, if you want to put it that way. Hunters, you know, lots of winter things. Uh, but it's it's a matter of trying to get a population to go to all one place. And so there's zones in Manitoba, I hear, that are good because there's populations of, like, Mennonites and things like that and the Amish anywhere around them you know and that's probably the same where you are in the state yes Um, yes the um, the Amish we don't have so much yeah exactly they're the example they really are we should have all been living by (laughs) now now we know I know I know you know I answer your question go ahead sorry there's a little overlap with with zoom answer your question (laughs) this this is like a cell phone conversation eh? it's hard to do um I think there's we have such a sparse population that it's very difficult to find that zone that is safe or will be safe for much longer type thing. People are fleeing, by the way, Frank, that real estate prices in the towns within a three hour drive, I'd say, of Toronto are just going up, 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 up constantly. We we had something like a 35 percent increase in price average homes where I live. So it's just nuts. Hmm. Yeah, I, we've we've seen we've seen a lot of things like that too in the last couple of years where homes are going so quickly. People who thought they would take forever for the homes to leave, um, they're getting three, four, three or four offers within the first week. Most of them are from gigantic 
companies like BlackRock or subsidiaries thereof, and and they're and they're they're um, they're offering sometimes as much as thirty percent over the asking price, which which really blocks out a lot of people, young couples, people who want to start families and get houses. They're they're almost like blockading a lot of people from coming in and and picking up the house of their dreams because we're being turned into a world of renters and and uh, obviously yeah. that's the, the the future that they have for this. So I, I figured I ask because I only know how people. Um, how people think down here when they want to get rid of, they want to shed a little bit of the local culture for something a little bit more free. But Canada, all we hear is that it's a it's an icy nightmare. So I wanted to some I wanted some context. <laughs> yeah, well, I think if you go to the icy nightmare places, you might be safe. But I have to say, might because I have been noticing in you probably don't know these city names, but in Whitehorse and Yellowknife, which are the biggest cities in the icy true icy north they're all paused now too like it's it's over man they're they've got all the cities wow you know speaking of that they got all the cities speaking in that that kind of collective way i just read a little bit of something from news punch that that covered this unesco uh series of info infographics about how to make sure that there is nothing to worry about and how to repel any kind of conspiracy theories that lend uh, lend somebody to the belief that there is any kind of collusion on a global level to um, to consolidate power financially, militarily, whatever the hell it is. And I just think it's so funny. It's like the CIA came out a couple of years ago and declared themselves innocent of masterminding the crack epidemic. It's the same exact shit. No, we don't exist, they say, the U.N. <laughs> yeah. I have no clue. I have no clue. What, what do you think about stuff like? Did you take your monkey, your monkey shot, your monkeypox shot? Oh, of course. And I, I have to say, I agree with the UN. There are no conspiracy theories. Everything is well planned and executed by. And if anything goes wrong, Frank, it's just a, oopsie. <laughs> Nobody has a guilty mind in in this. Uh, we're just the world is just people, Frank. It's you with your long showers. It's with the extra packaging on your cookies and driving that car. That it's it's you and everyone like you, Frank. You've wrecked this earth. That's the problem. We thought that we can take more than ten minute showers. We can drive cars that aren't you know that don't have to be charged up every hundred yards. Uh, and and we need to be made to heal. That's what it really always comes down to. And it never ends. It never ends. The, the last week has been complete bullshit. I I hate even reading about it. I know you do too. I know you do too. I do. And, and it's, it's, but I still do. I know. Well, because at the same <laughs> time, if you if somebody asks you about something, you you want to at least be familiar with what happened, and then and then find the reasons why okay but here's here's why we need to take a step back from this and relax and you know I, I was talking about this how weird things have been the other day i saw this picture of a really tranquil scene somewhere in the maybe the united states it was a river at the foot of a mountain very green looked very quiet and all i can manage to think to myself polly was ted kaczynski was right about so much not <laughs> n- not about the mail bombings per se but the living that <laughs> The simple life in the woods. Oh my gosh! I can't tell you what I would do to just just blink out and take everybody with me. I w- I would really love to go in the woods. Well, I, did you know? Did I ever tell you that Ted Kaczynski's people 
uh, contacted me ages ago and sent me his books. So they must have liked what what I was having to say too, and maybe they thought Ted and I would get along. I should actually write that guy a letter. That would be interesting. Wait, wait a second. When was it? But, wait, start yeah. start from the beginning on that one. When was this? Uh, um, probably just maybe six months before the start of COVID. I don't remember what I was talking about at the time. It was probably when I had a bit of a breakdown and went on camera like an idiot. And it was when I first discovered the World Economic Forum and their 2016 video about we're not going to be human. And they're so excited. They're like, we'll be so high tech. You won't even know what's organic and what's fake. And they were so excited. And, and honest to God, because it was such a serious documentary, put out by such a serious and wealthy and powerful organization i i was like oh my god we are so close to it being over and i said i'm going to sell my house and buy an rv and just tour the continent because they're going to shut this place down like we we don't have much time and then it was like six months later covid hit but anyway in between there ted kaczynski's people uh, wrote to me and then they sent me his book books now, when so you say really cool. when you say his people, are they like his publishers, or uh, was that at his I, request? Yeah, it, was his pub, it was his publishers. Yeah. And was it at his request? And I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Um, the thing is, I thought he was dead. Sorry, Ted, because you're still alive even now, aren't you? <laughs> Sorry. I can't believe how many people I think are dead, but they're still alive. Anyway, I, I think. I will write him a letter now that you brought all that up. You brought it up. Well, I think that the most, there's so many, if you wanted to read his stuff, you can obviously, anybody can go out there and buy it, but there's so many things that have been written about him and his thoughts on the internet. You can just find collections of his, of the greatest quotes. Now, as I said, you separate the, uh, the male bombing madman from the, the, the very, very, very in tune writing on what how societies develop and devolve, how technology would probably uh, at his at the time where he was writing all this, he already thought it had gone too far. But what what technology would eventually do yeah. to us as a species? It is so based. It's uh, it's a little uncomfortable how based it is. You can't help but give him credit. Oh yeah, I mean. He- he is a genius in his own way, no doubt. And I've read the first one. I don't remember the names of these books. Again, I'm sorry. But um, the one they sent me that I found more interesting was the one about the revolution, technological revolution or something. And he he just goes through, like you say, how you, it's a cascade and we won't it won't be able to be stopped it just feeds on itself and he even thinks we shouldn't even have fridges like fridges basically electric fridges basically led us down this path to where we are right now and mm. yeah he calls it self-propagating systems and they will just feed on themselves devour all the competition um, until there's nothing but the tech left and he was right on wasn't he yeah uh, well I, I, especially when you consider things like I don't know if you ever watched anything on the internet about uh, dead dead internet theory you ever see anything on that yeah it's it's very yeah. compelling stuff and I have spoken to once I started reading on it I, I wanted to talk to people anecdotally of course and see Hey, you know, do you remember, what would you say characterized your experiences and your interactions on the Internet, let's say, uh, in, the, in the 90s, 
late 90s, just around 2000 or so compared to today. Uh, your time on the message boards, the, the people, the, thing, the, the writing that you would find. What, what do you think is different then than now, if you remember? And I think a lot more people, people talk about being, uh, being able to just recognize, even just recognize, I know a lot more people are on the internet now, but to recognize certain writers based on their call signs and things like that, and also the way that so much of the internet that was text and you had to go down and dig deep has now been relegated to maybe three or four major applications, and it has created almost like a, mm. a, a baby pool where everybody's stuffed in the baby pool and the deep end is almost completely unpopulated or infested, infested with AI. And it's, all, it's almost created this feedback loop of AI, even some people, some people might be friends with robots, they don't even know it on the internet. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think that goes hand in hand because the more humanity leaves the World Wide Web, the, the, all that's left behind is just the, uh, is just the, the army of parrots. You could kind of liken it, I think, to a magazine, let's say, uh, that, that used to have a lot of content, and slowly it just filled up with ads that look like content, and that's the Internet now, right? And, and the armies of fake personas, fake news writers. I mean, I was reading that it started way more than a decade ago, if I recall correctly, that they had, for stuff like sports and entertainment, a lot of the report they'd give them names and stuff on the articles but they were actually robots even even 10 years ago it was just ai and so i have this visual that i for ai and the internet where it's it started out really wide but the inputs started to go oh this is popular this is popular this is popular this gets sales right and so they would eliminate other things and just go more towards what the AI saw was getting clicks, right? Mm. I mean, this is basic stuff. And it just, at, now we're at the, if you think of it as a whirlpool, we're at the little tip. There's no variety anymore, none. It's just all about what gets clicks. And I think that's why we ended up with outrage culture because rage gets the most clicks, I think. It probably gets more than anything. Mm. Maybe even more than porn. Yeah, <laughs> rage. No, it is, it is because it's, I, I think that that, I, I think that it is a little bit more of the, I don't know, you say the, the dopamine addiction. I think being able to have a mic drop moment is something that people are searching for right now in a way that, yeah, I, it, it at least rivals porn, that's for sure. And I was looking at this here, too. It was an old thread somewhere, and I made it into a blog post on my website, and it, it actually got into that feedback loop uh, and you're t you're saying the the AI create generating news stories. We've been talking about that. That's been in the the news a lot. In fact, I forget which which outlet said at the beginning. I think the headline was this this article was written by AI. And you you start reading oh, it. Whoa. Yeah. And and when you're giving when you're given the context, you can start picking out. Okay. Yes. This is a little uh, sterile. There is something inhuman about it all. But if you weren't telling us to look at it, it you know, it, it really does just, I mean, Ernest Hemingway wrote very terse stuff. He, I mean, the, the way that Ernest Hemingway formulated his 
very terse, simplistic way of writing was because he started so much of his career. Like many, many of the writers back then started their career as war correspondents and they're, they have to, you know, uh, uh, telegraph things home and it's, you can't, you can't make flowery language. So this just becomes a little bit more of what your style is. Um, but this is obviously mm. something else. Uh, we're, it, it's very odd. And I don't know where I was going with that, but oh, oh, that there's a certain feedback loop, even that the um, the financial markets are dependent on. I have to send you something afterwards. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's it's incredible that the so much of the financial markets is dependent on what is being propagated from computer to computer and everybody else. Uh, that's where the trends are made. So. Yeah, you could think of it those two things as being married almost the. Um the AI looking for the popular stories, which are like now a roller coaster constant, right? I mean, every every day there's a new story that's just like mind blowing. It's true, which it, pro- it might not be. Um, and then the financial markets though, with the high frequency trading and all that, they know what people are gonna do with these crazy stories. Like, oh my God, the Fed is actually gonna do it at one point increase. And so they, they make so much money on that roller coaster of news, which they basically control as well. So, I mean, you could look at it all as just a pure financial scheme, but of course, it's much more than that. Social manipulation, uh, destroying the old systems that we have always depended on. Yeah. And uh, much, much, much more, as we know, as we're we're growing so weary of. It's true. A lot of the economic um, activity that people engage in is influenced by what is hot right at that moment, even if it is just an a- an action that is based purely in protest. Um, and, and and I right, guess right, like think about the Elon Musk thing. Every time he tweeted, the stock changed, and people, if they knew what he was going to tweet, just get that one. You know, you only need to be thirty seconds ahead of it with these high frequency trades. Oh yeah, well when he was on, uh, I think it was last year. That he went on Saturday Night Live, and the the big buzz was that he was going to plug, I think, one of those those uh, crypto coins, uh, the, the Doge coin, mm-hmm. that he was going to plug mm-hmm. it on Weekend Update, or something was going to happen, and it was going to send it over, you know, a dollar. It never happened. It was actually a little bit of a dud, but but still, the coordination of things like that that's a that's a that's a major casi- uh, rigged casino right there. And you you start seeing it, but when it, when it becomes a trend. People think that they're in on it, and uh, I don't know. You put a couple of dollars in the slot machine, and hopefully, you can come out with a few gold coins too. Right, and some people do like they they do do okay on that. But I mean, the, it's not my bag. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I just can't get into it. And um, good luck to everybody, especially in the crypto markets, which I always threaten to make a crypto video. And there's certain people that go, "Oh my God, don't! You'll get so many haters." If you say anything negative about crypto, but look, I, I've watched a, a guy from the Space Force, you know, Space Force. Yeah. Oddly, I don't know if you've ever run across this. It's pretty interesting interview with a big crypto guy and this Space Force guy. And he was describing how crypto is not so much. They're not so much excited about the coins. They look at it as an energy weapon. That's basically how he put it. Um, pretending almost that you could replace kinetic warfare on the ground warfare air war whatever with this form of energy weapon that's mm. how he framed it um 
it was a really interesting interview and it left me going yeah see there's so much more to the crypto space than people get and and for me it's it's mostly the the backbone part the blockchain part that's what they're all actually interested in because that's the track and trace mechanism mm. that's the where you can program the money mechanism right so he was right he was pretty honest the coins <clears throat> as far as the government and militaries that's not the interesting part it's the energy element and the control element and uh but but you know i'm not saying if you can get into crypto make your investment get out and you've made money like more power to you i have nothing against that i just think you're helping them build the railroad tracks <laughs> to the gulag you know in some ways because that that effort that investment is is putting in more servers and building these giant farms where they're where they're doing the blockchain and the words are failing me tonight no. frank no what no do you, you call it i think where they're solving the puzzles, you know. When they're so well, I don't to know. make the coins. Oh, that I don't know. Oh, I don't know the word. That, I, that but, but, but anyway, know. that's that's my opinion on it. It's I think the people involved are there's going to be a massive rug pull at some point. There already has been. I would say they're all going to go to zero. That's my honest opinion at some point. But good luck to you in the well, meantime. Hey, all, all of our other currencies are going to zero, too. Uh, and wh wh why the hell not that? But, but you know where I've got a little bit more, uh, the the most recent bit of of um, insight that I had on that, like you just said, you were talking about a concept that somebody was, was outlying, uh, outlining that you were uh, you got the, the benefit of, where it, it went beyond the the coin aspect, the, the currency aspect, but more so what the use of the technology was. When I had Bill Altman uh, from Minds.com over here, of course, Minds is all blockchain-based, but when he was talking about the the utility of, for example, when you, he was saying that it, um, through the technology, you having been, when you were kicked off of YouTube, how many subscribers did you have? Almost 400,000. Almost 400? Yeah. Okay. So the way he was describing is that there is, there is certain types of, there's certain types of aspects to this technology that can be applied to media, social media, where you can control that in the way that if you amass subscribers in uh, in an in a open internet space, there would be no one that would ever be able to take that away from you. Things like that, where it, it's almost like those 400 people would be in a, a personalized, uh, their contacts and all that would be in a personalized wallet where you would never lose access to them because someone ever, someone else yanked the chain. I think that those types of, um, those types of, of utilities are great, um, and I wish I understood them a little bit more. I still don't understand anything when it comes to the buying and selling of one thing or another, but I'm, I'm interested to see how that shakes up the market because I sure, I sure as hell can't stand... Uh, I, I sure as hell can't stand working my ass off to get in front of people only to have them get yanked away and they never know where you went. Yeah. So, I, mean, I know you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, 400,000 almost on YouTube, um, 100 and something thousand on Twitter, gone. PayPal, they just deleted my PayPal. And, uh, like, that does hurt. So if if there is a good blockchain alternative where they can't get rid of it, great. But, I mean, they supposedly... Exists. Isn't that Odyssey is? I believe so. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's yeah, a number so, of them. Theta, a uh, few other places. So. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I don't understand that part of it either. I'm 
I, I haven't looked into it. I can kind of understand the theory, but what I always come back to is, isn't it their backbone? You know, isn't, they couldn't, they're going to monopolize all the servers or whatever you call them. And couldn't they just shut access off to that? I, I know there's this theory like, well, then it would just go to another bank of servers and another bank and they could never catch them all or whatever it is. But but if they own the electricity, they own the cabling, they own the companies that, I, I don't know. It seems to me that, it, I don't want to seem defeatist, but it seems to me that they could pull the plug on that as well. Yeah. No. Send out some virus that deletes a certain person or something. I don't know. I don't know. Well, hopefully one I day. Shouldn't be talking about that. No, 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 no. Hopefully one day we will know. It's all. It's all conjecture when it comes to that. There's. There's people who are. I've had so many people try to to explain it to me, and I think I'm just going to have to wait to see how the war the war works out because. Um, because there's there's just there's so many factors and it's always evolving, which I think is a good thing. Because if we stayed stagnant, it'd be a whole lot easier to keep us down. Um, but as as you know, and many of our friends know, it's a lot it's a lot a uh, lot more versatile space out there, and we've been able to keep in contact whatever ways. But I want to talk to you a little bit more, expanding outside of that about life, because we put a lot of our lives out, at least a responsible amount to to connect with people. It's not so much you and I, I think we're, we're alike in the way where, yeah, there's the news. Yes. There's current events. There's the events behind the events. And then there's history that many people have forgotten or never learned about, but there's the human aspect of what we do that, that really ropes people in and, and keeps a connection that is built on a little bit more than, you know, what kind of Intel do you have for me today? Cause I don't have any Intel and I know you don't either. You just, you just have your personal interests and it manifests videos. And when we speak about life, that's where people, I think, have formed these relationships with us long term. And a lot of people who watch this show watch me because of you. So I want to ask you, speaking about life and personal revelations, tomorrow we're going to be doing uh, what I like to talk about on this show is the deer scene. And it's a reference to the scene in stand by me when Gordy encounters a deer by himself early in the morning and he locks eyes with this deer and it la this moment lasts only for a few moments but it leaves a profound mark on him the character that he tra he travels all throughout life with it's just something that that cha have you ever had a profound personal revelation that to an outside observer would seem so mundane that it would be hard to make them understand the impact of it all that's what i want to learn a little bit about with you tonight <laughs> Pardon me. Uh, you did give me a heads up that you might ask me this question, and I do have an answer for you. But it's in two parts. One part is the story itself that happened, and then you actually made part two happen with just by the very act of asking your question, but they all go together. So hmm. here it is. It was about, it was 2012. I was, I had already, you know, woken up, so to speak, and a lot of the things that I held dear had been falling away. I was quite liberal, you know, 20 years ago. I was quite quite a liberal person, and all of it was, was falling away, and therefore all of my relationships were being strained, and I was going through a pretty hard time, 2012, and I was, I was having a bout of insomnia. So I went out to my porch, sat on my front step it was middle of the night it was 
black. It was a very, it was a pretty dark night. My porch light was on behind me and I'm smoking a cigarette, total silence. And then I start hearing this noise, which I can, the only way I can describe it is that it was like um, footstep pattern, but like breath. So sort of like, was Mm. freaky. And it, it, it was very faint at first and it started to get closer and closer. And then it kind of switched sides on me. So I thought, what, what is this? It was very freaky. It got louder and louder and louder, just disappeared. As the sound stopped, this huge moth that I had never seen before uh, in my life and never have seen again came, came flying towards the light behind me. And so I jumped up and I was looking at it. I actually sent you a video of it. Um, it's like, it's a poly, it's called polyphemous moth it's i guess they are around but i'd never seen one anyways fluttering at the light fluttering at the light i had enough time it was there long enough that i ran in the house got my camera videoed it and then it flew away and uh this was very the whole experience with the sound and then the moth freaked freaked me out and i went in the house and i googled to see what this moth could be and i put in huge moth with uh blue spots on wings because it has two blue eyes basically one on each of its wings and the first picture that came up on google results was of carlos castaneda's book called tales of power oh and i i just it was so freaky i i hadn't even figured out the name of the moth yet that was the first thing that came up so you know i knew who basically the carlos castaneda castaneda books and what they were kind of about and i was like that's a great sign because i you know i know this is about personal power and and anyway frank i stupidly never bought that book never read it just took it away as like a really good message of you know you're feeling bad you're you have insomnia you can't sleep or relationships are falling apart but you personally are on a good path so keep going that was the message i took away right i actually you know my name polly saint george polly is the pseudonym it's a nom de plume and it was inspired by that whole experience so it this this has followed me i've never forgotten that but what happened i thought i can't go on frank's show and tell this story without at least reading the synopsis of this book, right? Because I've never read it in all this time. And I, my mind was blown. The very beginning pages almost were like the tale of what, it, what I just said. These two guys, Don Juan and his apprentice, I don't know what his apprentice's name, I'm going to call him Carlos. Don Juan and Carlos go out to the desert. And there's sounds in the bushes that apparently only Don Juan can hear at first. But then, and as you know, the, the night gets darker and, and Carlos is more in the, in the zone. He starts hearing something or seeing things swaying in the bushes. And this is, the, this is the, what I just read this morning, okay? Is my mic okay? Oh, yeah, you sound great. Okay. Um, he sees a, a man's shape in the bushes and it emerges. And as it emerges, it turns into a big bird. And it scares the crap out of him. Of course, he falls down, and Don Juan laughs, and they start walking home. And sure, the guy starts thinking about it, gets more and more scared and panics and starts running. So he ran the rest of the way home. When he gets to the place, he says, what just happened? A man or a huge bird just came at me. What happened? And Don Juan says to him, that was not a bird. 
that was a moth. Like, my jaw dropped because my story is about a moth, right? Yes. And he says, I have it here. Let me just get this quote. And I played them. I, I just played the video. I didn't know that you sent me the video. So while you were talking, I threw it up on screen real quick. That it, it, it almost, oh, did you? Great. It Great. almost looks like a, like a monarch butterfly. It, it's, it was so big and intricate. You know, all the moths around mm-hmm. here, they are, they, are, they are a pale, milky color, and they just look ugly. But that looked beautiful. <laughs> Isn't that thing spectacular? It really was, yes. It, it, and it, it's like as big as your hand. It's huge. So that's what I encountered. And then, so in the book, which I saw because I encountered that moth, it's a story of people hearing weird noises at night and a big moth coming out. And then Don Juan says, I got to find, sorry. Oh, yes, he says, sorry, Frank, this is terrible. No, please. Um, no, I'm You fine. didn't see a man, neither did you see a bird. The silhouette and the bushes and what flew to us was a moth if you want to be an accurate if you want to be accurate in sorcerer's terms but very ridiculous in your own terms you could say tonight you had an appointment with a moth but knowledge is a moth and to me i you know it was the knowledge that was killing me making me not sleep and now knowledge is a moth i mean mind blown there but here's where you really come in there's a knocking don juan and Carlos are there. They've just had the moth experience. And then there's a knocking. And the guy goes, what, what is that? The sound? I looked at Don Juan for an explanation. He made a comical gesture of helplessness, shrugging his shoulders. You haven't fulfilled your appointment yet, he added. I told him I felt unworthy and perhaps I should go home and come back when I felt stronger. You're talking nonsense, he snapped. A warrior takes his lot, whatever it may be and accepts it in ultimate humbleness. He accepts in humbleness what he is, not as grounds for regret, but as living in a challenge. It takes time for every one of us to understand that point and fully live it. And you, by asking that question, had we're like, you're not done. I, there you go, mundane to other people. But man, to me, Frank, you it's, it could, for all I know, it could be 10 years to the day that I saw that moth, because it was in 2012. Hmm. And here we are in 2022. Am I right? We are, right? Oh, yes. I, I think it's still 20. It's all and blending. but I, think, I don't think I went in the time machine recently. Um, so it could possibly be 10 years, almost to the day that, that I first saw that moth. And now, I finally, I'm going to take the rest of that journey and be the warrior and not shirk away from all the stuff that's happening right now, which I do want to go to the woods yeah. and hide. So I have to thank you, Frank. You brought on stage too. I, oh man, I, I, first of all, I'm just so, so in, uh, so happy that I was a part of it in any way, shape or form to have, to have that circle get completed there. And it's, it's really interesting to me too that out of all of this was your reading of Carlos Castaneda. And, and me and Rob would talk about Carlos Castaneda a lot. He he suggested me read a few of those. I read the book of um it was the it was it was the pretty much the, the big consolidation book of all of the different mm. quotes um and from Don Juan and I think that we spent I have done this for multiple episodes over the years, bringing up the concept of the warrior's folly. And 
the warrior's folly, as you, you know from reading through all of that, is this waking up in the morning. Why, why do we press on? The question, the question that the black pilled always asks, why do you press on? I mean, why do you yeah. get up and do anything? You know, you're only going to die one day. Why do anything? Why break your back in the yard? Why, why, why fell that tree? Why plant a garden? Why do anything? And it's that warrior's folly that we are destined to wake up in the morning and go out and fight a battle that may have already been lost, but it's, it's just a, a powerful concept, and it really gets you up off your ass once once you hear it and it hits you right. And I love that because I think we all have that uh, looming over us, the warrior's folly. Why do we do it? But you got to put your shoes on and go. So uh, that's that's just incredible. I'm glad you shared that. Oh, man. Just read those first 15 pages sometime soon, Frank, on your own time because it's really incredible how it speaks to what we're – going through right now mm. many 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 of us you know it, it there's more in there that i could read about how you um he, he's saying he's he, the carlos is saying to don juan just tell me the sorcerer's explanation and don juan's like you're not ready and he said why did you give me so many psychedelic plants because you're dumb and you needed a really big jolt you know like some people are halfway there when they're born and other people aren't but he said i can't just straight up tell you the sorcerer's explanation because you're too reasonable. I thought that was really interesting. He's like, your reasonableness is holding you back because you want an explanation that fits with what you already know. You see, so like it's a, if you always are looking for the explanation that fits with your worldview and that you can tell to your friends and your friends will understand it, then you're never going to get actual knowledge because you're not going to go outside of that comfort zone. And so that's packed in there too. In the of course we don't have time to read the whole thing, but read it. Oh my gosh. And listen, part of the reason I didn't ever read the book or any of the books is because I knew it had to do with psychedelics and I knew it was kind of I guess you can classify it as new agey and I'm Christian and I kind of shy, I shy away from that stuff. I'm like, well, I don't I don't know why. I want to spend my time on other things. It's not so much I, I feel like I'm going to be corrupted by it. I just want to spend my time on other things. But, boy, I threw the baby out with the bathwater on that one. That looks like it has some excellent stuff in it. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I'm glad you bring this up, too, because I um, I think it's a time of change for many people. And when you're talking about you're too reasonable, I think that fits in with a lot that popped up two nights ago when I covered this story about Kat Von D. Uh, she, she's the, you know the famous tattoo artist from Los Angeles? You ever hear of her? Well, she recently, yeah. Uh, yeah, she recently, there was a story we read about her. She ditched California altogether for open, open air in the Midwest. She ditched all of her books on witchcraft and the dark arts and is just leaving that obsession with the macabre behind. And it wow. got, yeah, and it got me wondering, you know, how many other people out there in the last three to five years alone have gone from atheist or agnostic to believer? And what was the catalyst? And, and, and one of the things I was talking about with, I said, yeah, there's, 
there are there are many agnostic and atheist libertarians and conservatives out there who are very respectful and they don't cause any problems and they just they they have their beliefs and and they just they want to concentrate on the here and now and it just doesn't work for them and i think a lot of that is because of intellectual hang-ups I, I think that there is they may just be a little bit too reasonable um where <laughs> yeah you know that's 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 just what it is for me it's nothing and it's nothing condemnable in my eyes then again i'm not uh i'm not one to judge but i i really believe that and, and the responses actually were incredible because i asked people how many of you in the last three to five years went from atheist to believer and what was the catalyst? And I, I, there's just some great, great responses. And I think that it's just, um, I, I think that, you know, you're talking about a, a, the moth incident from 10 years ago, but that was around the time that you were waking up, as you said, as you're starting to become a little bit more sober to the way things really work and how there is a lot of theater involved in the old way of of living you know in the matrix kind of but the last three to five years has been such an acceleration such an acceleration of the most jarring stuff especially the the people who just seem to be really uh, uh, have become vessels for the the ancient adversary satan himself it just you see the 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 behavior it's it's possessed behavior and i think the last three to five years has really jarred people in ways that I think you could do it a little bit more leisurely paced 10 years ago. Yes, and that word you used, vessels, it, it feels like they are vessels. I know you, uh, you're you into Malachi Martin, and uh, I I listened to him. Remember he used to be on Art Bell? Remember that show? And Oh, yes. So I listened to the old episodes of that, and, and um, oh, I don't know, a whole bunch of stuff. I've, I've heard lots from him. And when he describes... I almost did a video on this. I have all kinds of clips saved, but I remember when you did it. It was just a bit difficult to talk about it. Pardon? I remember if if you didn't you didn't put anything out about it. It's either you put something out about it, or maybe I maybe I did include it. I probably did then. I remember because I I reached out to you about it. I was so happy that you were talking about him. Yeah, it's fascinating to hear the behavior of the demons, um, like through the possessed people that he has experienced, and. Um, how similar, okay, I've never been near a possessed person, so I can't say this for sure, but when I interact with some of the blue checkmark people, let's just call them that, but it could be anywhere online, you know what I'm saying, the people that police the narrative, uh, it feels like I I can't even describe it, like a a black hole, like I want to stop engaging with them, like they just have this sinister... All they want to do is mock. They think of the perfect thing to say to get under your skin. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's certain topics where it'll be a swarm of them, and it feels like a swarm of evil. It really does. Um, and and that was before COVID, and now, unfortunately, with COVID, it feels like maybe they're not as um, sinister, but it still feels like some something's missing now in people when you talk to them i hate to be to be like this but they're weirdly robotic like let me tell you this story it's really short my husband was out in the backyard and our neighbor who we we pretty much never interact with we're friendly across the back fence he walks up to my husband who was busy doing something and he's like joe bill dan and he was just saying random names because he forgot my husband's name and eventually my husband looks up and says yeah well hi what do you, what do you want patrick and 
and he, the guy goes, I have COVID. <laughs> like, what? I'm, oh, I'm so sorry. He never talks to, he never talks to us. didn't know what to say i just kind of stood there and then said well didn't your vaccine protect you or something <laughs> can you believe that i have i have and covid that incredible it, it was a wild moment yeah walk-ins or something it's true there, there was a certain amount of theatrics just to at least in the first year because i think there's a little bit more people out there who are um i don't know a, a, a little bit worried and a little bit ashamed to say that you know they got one shot two shot three shots four and they've come down with it three times in the same year or something like that so i think there's a little bit level of shame now mm. but in 2020 in 2020 telling somebody i i have something to tell you it's like you know you you sitting down and you're coming out or something i ha- i i have covid it's like, oh, well, mm-hmm. I'm sorry that your week was so shitty, <laughs> but, you know, it's just, yeah, yeah. oh, my I gosh. Know. what can you say? Yeah. Oh, my God. Now, you know what? But, but no, you ahead. hit on something there. Just, just I want to make a point. You hit on something extremely important, in my opinion, when you said there's shame involved now. Because to me, shame is the most toxic emotion. If you have shame, you can be manipulated so easy. I mean, ambition is another big one. Like, obviously, really ambitious people are pretty easily manipulated, but shame also. And they have, I think, implanted shame in almost everybody. You have to be that Don Juan, fully developed warrior person to not really feel it, I think. And so they're going to manipulate everybody based on this shame going forward. Now, it's a button they can press all the time. And um, if anybody is interested, there's a great series, uh, Healing the Shame That Binds You. Even if you don't personally think you have a problem with shame, probably people you love do. (laughs) And uh, it's it's a really good series to listen to. It's on. Wait, wait, say say that again. What was the name of the series? Because your your connection got choppy just for a second. It was what? Go ahead, please. Oh. Healing the Shame That Binds You mm. by John. I think the guy's name is John Bradshaw. And you're going to have to kind of overlook his old-timey preacher, almost preacher-like, uh, you know, enthusiastic way he talks. Yeah. <laughs> but it's very good. I'm fine with and it I think it, it's a great series even if, if you, like I say, if you don't, you're all riddled with shame. It's just very elucidating. Is that I, the right word? Yeah, I think so. It, it, well, it, it would be illuminating in in uh, in many respects. Mm-hmm. I think it would be. I'd be a, a, a good listen or a good watch. I'd like to go watch that. I, and I and I in that respect there too, as far as awakenings and turnarounds. I want to read you. I pulled aside one email that I I received from a person when I asked them about you know the last three to five years. Did you have a turnaround and what was the catalyst? And since we're talking about life and we're talking about the the way forward and what we're all living through in one way or another, listen to this. This is from Ugly Tattoo Betty. She wrote in. She says, hi, Frank. I go by Ugly Tattoo Betty. I'm a female tattoo artist like Kat Von D. And I also was an atheist two and a half years ago. I spent 10 years of my life on heroin, was far left progressive, and I still and I and I still to this day have an inverted Baphomet pentagram that I tattooed on my own left palm. In 
April of 2020, in, in April of 2020, I was red-pilled. My whole life flipped 180 degrees, and I started to wonder if the mainstream corporate elite are lying about everything and pushing us away from God. Does that mean God is real? Much meditation. A few. Nice. Yeah, I know. It's it's, and I, and I'm so happy I got this email. I got a few more like it because I really I was putting my money on it that this was it. That they are, that you, as you were saying before, that Malachi Martin pushing the perfectly possessed people out into the limelight and just getting so brazen with it, uh, it, it was going to be confirmation that evil was real, that naked, confident evil was real. And if that is the case, then it must have a balance. Um, much meditation, a few insane signs from dead loved ones, and some very vivid dreams later, I'm fully on God's team now. So the deep state, <laughs> the deep state woke me up to spirit, those dumbasses. God created Satan, so I won't be removing the Baphomet, but I plan on getting a cross now on my right palm. Christ is my right-hand man now anyways. Ugly Tattoo Betty, signed. Nice. Yeah. Well, it's amazing. That is one of the, uh, that is one of the pitfalls for the devil, in my opinion, because he leads more people to God than almost anything else. You know, it, it, I think people suddenly will realize, do realize in the course of their life that evil is real. And then they say, wait, if evil is real, then there's got to be the opposing force, you know, just sort of like her story. Um, it's almost like the AI downward spiral. Eventually you're going to eliminate any other option. <laughs> and, uh, you come to the single conclusion, the single point of truth, which I, I believe in, that God is real. He created this earth, and he sent his son who sacrificed his life so that we may live. And I'm so thrilled every time I hear someone give up on atheism because atheism is just nihilism, blackness, you know, hopelessness. But the opposite is it's wonderful. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it comes, it really does come in handy too. The uh, time gets rough. It does come in handy, but, um, you know, there's so much, it's just all about perspective. And I like having these, these talks about perspective. You have t uh, quiet times, uh, on that porch still. I know that you're not, you're not, hopefully you're not being kept awake by the insomnia, but do you ever have quiet times and, and just, just taking things around you and see the little things again? Oh, Yes. I am very, very big on that. And when you asked me that question, I probably could have given you six or seven off the top of my head because I just, I see little, I, I've learned to cultivate this in myself and it sounds so hokey, I know. But it's sort of like that whole gratitude is the attitude, you know, to, to help you through life. If you can approach the little things in life with almost a childlike appreciation, wonder, like that's such a magical thing because they can take everything away from me and I'll still get a huge thrill when there's more than one bird in my bird bath, for mm. example. <laughs> like I, I love it every time. I do. Um, little kids laughing and joking, you know, like I can't even remember the question. Am I answering it? You, you are. So you do are. I, oh, do I have quiet times? Yeah, yeah, totally. I do. You know, I make time for that. What, what you're, and what you're saying right now is inspiring me to do a little something extra for my parting shot in tomorrow night's Deer Scene episode. And it's because you, you reminded me of 
this this scene I don't know if you ever if you ever saw it. it's an HBO special from back in the day uh, with Paul Giamatti about John Adams it's called John Adams have you ever seen that it's an American no. it's of course it's an American tale so you may not care too much about oh, well, it I'll look for it if you liked it I'll probably like it it's it's really I mean the casting the script the costumes everything it's an incredible story but toward the end it's probably the last the last um, last episode or something. John Adams is walking with his son Thomas, is one of his youngest sons, and he was talking about how he wished he had lived in a rejoiceful sense of awe a little bit more throughout his life, and wasn't so mean and cantankerous. Uh, but you know, he was he was a little bit more. You know, he was a uh, a kind of a bitchy guy, but but still brilliant. <laughs> You know, that was his, that was his reputation, short, bald, and bitchy. But, um, he said this, (laughs) I think he said this at one time, he looked at his son, Thomas, and he said, I have seen a queen of France with something like 17, whatever it would be like, I guess 17 million something dollars of diamonds hanging from her figure and all of the. He says all of the the beauty of her face and form have what the hell, man have nothing compared to the the wonder that I feel when I look at this little shrub. And he looked down at like it looks like a little bit of a blossom, but w- what most people would consider a weed that would have to be pulled out of their <laughs> there. But he saw at that point in his life the majesty and even the, the smallest of things. And I oh. I love that ending. It's a skill. It's a skill. It's a way of living, and it, it really is almost um, armor. It's a, it's an armor because you know they can't get in there. Like, they can't get in there. They can't take that from you, you know? And also, you can always be happy. You could be have been dragged through the worst times and lose almost everything, and yet if you really do look at something like that because – I understand the majesty of that little weed because it comes from the tiniest seed. How can that all be packed in there? You know, it's probably once every two years of poor, my poor husband, I'll go off on this big thing. Seeds. Oh my God. Look at the seeds. Think about yeah. it. No, but really think about it. <laughs> yeah. Think about it. It's, it yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. But that's the whole point. We don't think about it enough, but I, but I do believe those who are, are growing the most at this point when the world seems to be by all superficial measures, getting choked out. I think the people who are growing at this point, you know, it, it doesn't take that long. It doesn't take that long. There's a little bit of persistence before that grass splits the, a- the asphalt. You know, anybody who has mm. ever, who has ever uh, paved and sealed the driveway knows that it does not <laughs> stop the weeds from coming back. So I, I think that's what we have to be. We, we've got to be the, the grass that splits the driveway. That is such a great analogy because that asphalt truck is the great reset, right? Seems hopeless. All the little seeds underneath there are like, we're doomed forever. You're not doomed forever. You're not. We're not. But it is going to be some dark times. But that's why the birds in the bird bath, you got to find those little things, those amazing magic things. Mm. And we'll get there. These great reset jerks are not going to win in the end. No. No, it's it's too foolhardy a plan, and they're too stupid. Yeah, and they don't have enough love. Mm-hmm. They're too stupid. Um, they are they are fueled by the, the the weaker of the two emotions, and um, 
And yeah, that's it. That's really it. You know, Polly, where are you still posting everything mostly? I know that you have BitChute. I know you're on Rumble, correct? But is, is AmazingPolly.net still your central hub for all of your work? That is where people can go to make sure they've got the latest video, yes. And um, if they scroll to the very bottom of the first page, you'll find links to where I, where I post on Gab. And where else am I now? Not very many places, honestly, because I'm kind of <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of feeling like the reverse Ted Kaczynski. We're going to go in reverse now, and tech is all going to go away, and I got to learn to live without tech sooner than later. That's what I feel like is maybe happening mm. here. So I not wait, 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 wait. I haven't made a big point writing myself all. Hold on, hold on. Wait, you have to say everything you just said from shit. What point? Uh, I haven't really. Oh, it made... doesn't matter, Frank. It doesn't matter. It was just blah blah. But yes, amazingpolly.net is where you can find me. Um, my social media links are on there as well, and yeah, links to other stuff on the net. Well, you know, you, you're getting a lot of people in my my chat rooms and the super chats that are just they're sending their love and their th many of them are actually thanking you for introducing uh, me to to a lot of them too. So it's uh, it's just been great. I to was so honored to do that. Well, you know, there are also people saying this needs to happen more, saying that this is very fantastic and positive uh, content, and and they want you back more often. So maybe late fall, maybe October, we we talk about something seasonal and 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 uh, calming. Yeah, sure. Whatever you Anytime. like. Anytime, I'd come on before that if you like. If 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 people enjoyed this, if you enjoyed it, Frank, I would I would do it again in a heartbeat. All right. So then 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 I'll, then forget what I said about October, and we'll see what we can figure out before before then. <laughs> okay. Well. Okay. That, well, is there anything you want to leave people with? Any any wishes? Any plugs? Anything? I've I've thoroughly enjoyed myself. Well, I'm glad. No, I just want to thank you again, Frank. You are you have the second best show on the internet. I have the first. <laughs> no, you do. Yes, you do. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. You work so hard. You put on a great show, and and people love you. I love you. I, I my favorite shirt. Thanks again for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, anytime, anytime. And send my best to the husband, too. I, I love everybody over there, and I wish you nothing but protection and happiness in the uh, the cold nightmare of Canada. <laughs> well, love to your family as well, Frank. We'll talk again soon. All right. Bye-bye. There you go, everybody. Amazing Bye. Polly. AmazingPolly.net. Wowee. Wowee. Well... I'm happy we did that. My heart feels a little bit better. Just a little bit better than it was before. So, I have a uh, I have a parting shot for you. First some some of these super chats. Not going to do the intermission tonight. The band's here and I have to talk with them. But Stostube sent over a nice little something 10 minutes ago. Fatboy Vince says need to have Amazing Polly on more often. Fantastic show Frank and always as always fantastic show. As always, Frank, thank you. Here's Johnny says, Amazing Polly has been thrown off more platforms than Super Mario. It's <laughs> a good way of saying it. That's a good way of saying it. Uh, on to Rumble. Selling the Farms is best guest ever. Thank you, Frank. Well, thank you, Selling the Farm, for being out there. And Unpilled. 
Foxhole, which everybody says, come on to Foxhole, Polly. Sean Anon, let me pause this. Tangerine26 says, continued prayers for Skip and your family. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a rough year, and it's getting a little rougher. And there's just, thank you. Sean Joe, Stostube. Sean Anon again. Why, thank you, Dick. You Cheneys just provided the lube to help the Red Pill Suppository. Well, I hope so. I would hope so that anybody that has not lost their mind completely has sat back and said, wait a second. Wait a second. I remember 2001 to 2008. I remember George Bush and Dick Cheney, how I felt, how we were all told we need to feel. What the hell is this? Are you serious? That guy has the blood of millions on his hands. He shares... He shares the stain, no doubt about it. But it's it's just incredible. Doug Simmy says, Polly turned me on to quite frankly, and I'm very grateful for it, Doug. Thank you, Sean. Uh, Timberjet says, somebody tell Polly we love her at Foxhole. Come to the bunker. We have cookies. Yes, they do, Polly. Go. Uh, Kitty Woo, thank you. Lou and V, love to Amazing Polly. Very positive and comforting. Thank you. And Web Gorilla says Polly we need you pilled and we need you pilled and on Foxhole big release next week well that's great i hope that Polly joins everybody over there i am releasing the, i'm releasing the scratching for you right now so i hope you all enjoy yourself it's a thursday night so i don't think that we have anything anything uh, prepared for after the show though sooner or later that's going to be the norm and, uh, but yeah, I have a little something. I hope I can get through it because it's very beautiful and I'm not feeling too well. But, um, as far as perspective goes, let's see here. I believe a leaf of grass is no less than the journey work of the stars. And the pismire is equally perfect. And a grain of sand and the egg of the wren and the tree toad is a chez de vra for the highest chez de vra. I'm probably saying it wrong, but I do know that it means a, a masterpiece, usually a, an art masterpiece. So a tree toad, a masterpiece. And the running blackberry would adorn the parlors of heaven. And the narrowest hinge of my hand puts to scorn all machinery. And the cow crunching with depressed head surpass, uh, surpasses any statue. And a mouse is miracle enough to stagger sextillions of infidels. Those are non-believers. So once again, the perspective to find the absolute, I don't know, majesty and everything. That's Walt Whitman. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I thank you all for spending some time with me. And tomorrow we'll do it all again. It's Friday night and... Uh, Bring your ass. I'll see you then. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, film before a live studio audience. Now, our super chatters. Snowstube, Fatboy Vince, here's Johnny, and everybody else across 
Rumble and Foxhole. You guys have been fantastic to me. Please become a sponsor at QuiteFrankly.tv. You can find all of your options on the Sponsor Us tab. And I will see you tomorrow, no doubt about it. Good night.